What's going on, guys? In today's podcast, we are going to talk about the edge rushers. I'm going to give you my rankings, my top 10 rankings on these guys. And I'm even going to mention a guy or two that is just outside my top 10, but that I wanted to get in there, but unfortunately couldn't. Um, in, in terms of just an, a quick overview of this edge class, I think the most unique part about it, or the most interesting part about it, is the fact that it's not necessarily like got that chase young you know that guy that's sitting there at the top that's potentially going to be taken first overall or top two or three or whatever it might be but there are a lot of guys that are going to be really good players you know like that there are are i believe i have look in my top 10 i'm telling you right now if you took any of these guys including number 10 if you took him in the second round i i wouldn't be mad and as a matter of fact i think number 10 particularly number 10 will go in round two but, um, you know, even if you took number nine there, I, I wouldn't be upset about it. Like, I think that the day two depth at the edge rusher spot is going to be pretty strong. So it'll be it's a very interesting class, kind of weird. Right. Because there's almost I mean, there there very well could be no one drafted in the top 10 of this uh, of this class in terms of the edge guys. So let, that's a quick little overview. Let's get into it now. My number 10 guy is a dude that a lot of people like, right? And they like it because when you look at how he tested, he tested like an absolute freak. And that's not to say that he's not a real athlete. He is a real athlete. He is an elite level athlete. His name is Jason Owe from Penn State. So Owe measured in at his pro day at 6'5". This was a ridiculous pro day, by the way. Oh, my goodness. 6'5", 257 pounds, 34 and 4 inch arms, 82 inch wingspan. Okay. He did with those long arms, almost 35 inch arms, 21 reps of 225. So it's pretty damn good uh, there. He also jumped 39 and a half inches on his vertical, and he also jumped an 11 foot broad. Um, those are ridiculous numbers, right? Just to, to pop it off, you guys know, like, I like to reference that Pat Kerwin explosion number, former front office executive Pat Kerwin for the Jets, that is. Um, so let's just do the quick math here. That is a 50.5 plus 21 would be 71 and a half inch, or I'm sorry, 71 and a half explosion number, which is very, very good. Anything 70 or above is is very, very explosive. It indicates very explosive athlete more often than not. So that's very explosive. And then when you talk about his movement drills, uh, 43640, you heard me right, at 257 pounds, this kid ran a 43640 yard dash. He also ran a 421 short shuttle. And something you'll hear me reference throughout this podcast in terms of the shuttle is you ideally you want the short shuttle to be faster than the 40. You want it to be a slow, a, a lower time than the 40. And in this case, he's got that even with the 43640, he's still got a short shuttle that's a, a better time than that. And then the 683 three cones. So this dude has incredible movement skills and obviously has the size in every way that you would want from an edge rusher over his last 18 games from the 2019, 2020 seasons combined. This guy has 11 and a half tackles for loss. Um, five sacks, two passes defensed, and two forced fumbles. So we get down into it, right? You look at Owe. When I tell you his athletic profile, you're just freaking out. You're saying, like, give me this guy in the top 10, right? Then I look at his, you know, his production over the last two years, over 18 games. He didn't even have a single sack this past season. But over his last 18 games, you know, you look at it, you see it. That's less than one play made behind the line of scrimmage per game. So you'll see that is – 
the worst by far production wise of anybody in this class. When I go to my notes and what I wrote down when studying OA, let me pull this out over here. Okay. So, um, yeah, I said he looks lean and he plays a bit high. I don't know if, <laughs> funny enough, I said, I don't know if I believe he ran quite in the four fours because I was watching him before the pro day. I go, but he, oops, sorry guys. I go, but he's definitely fast and it's not normal. Uh, he gets pushed around some in the run game. He has some kind of a bull rush. He can get off and disengage his, uh, he's raw from a pass rushing standpoint, needs to develop moves and counters. He mostly knows where the football is when he's rushing. He doesn't use his length as much as, I, as I'd like. Right? I was questioning, is he even long enough? But he sure, certainly is from what he measured in at. Effort is not an issue for him, so he, he does give consistent effort. Success at the next level will likely depend on coaching and uh, defensive line coach specifically and the scheme that he's in. He's strong, and that's not why he gets moved around. He gets moved around from technique and pad level and things like that. Um, you know, look, he's not for everyone. As I wrote this down too. He's not for everyone and some teams won't be interested. His ceiling is somewhat high. Floor is awfully low. Um, I wrote some other things down too. He'll be an instant impact on impact on special teams because I mean, let's face it. The guy runs faster than I, I that I even thought he did. Cause I was just looking at it. Like he was human for a second in terms of like the athletic testing. I knew he was un. You know, his the way he moved was not normal. I knew that much, but I didn't think he was going to run in the four fours. But look at lo and behold, he ran in the four threes. So I was sort of right when it comes down to that. Excuse me, one second, guys. Okay, so when you look at Owe, you know, like I said, he's going to go higher than I would take him probably. But even I, even if all the things I don't like about him, he's moved around in the run game. He's not polished at all, you know, and and uh, things like that. I would still take a chance on him. If I'm sitting in a late second round, I'd take a chance. I mean, why not, right? Like, if you get him in the right – like, here's the example I always use, and it's one that's realistic, and it's one that, that I think matters. If I'm sitting in the draft room, right, and we have a need at edge rusher, and I don't like – oh, if I'm the GM, I don't, I don't necessarily love OA, but if my defensive line coach and defensive coordinator are sitting there saying, look – we can get the most out of this kid. I'm taking him. That's all I need to hear. It's done. You know, we're, we're, we're turning in the cards. So in the second round, late second round, preferably. But, you know, um, it's just a very interesting evaluation. Very difficult to eval. Like, it's if anybody, if you know anybody that's like super gung-ho all in on Owe, I'd really like to know how they feel so comfortable with it. You know, um, if it's just athletic profile, then I, that's not enough for me. I need something, right? But... And, you know, in all, in all reality, he's going to go high because there's not many humans on earth that, that are have his size and, and traits and that can move like him. So Jason Owe is my number 10 edge rusher in this class. Number nine, Deo Odeonigbo, Vanderbilt. Um, last 20 games for him, 20 tackles for loss, seven sacks and a pass defense. Uh, so the, the only one pass defense kind of surprised me because – he does a good job of using his length and he's plenty long. So when you look at that, again, when you in reference to Owe, this is 27 plays made behind the line of scrimmage in his last 20 games, and he improved in his la in 2020, whereas Owe didn't have a single sack. So it's kind of weird. But Deo at his pro day measured in at 6'5, 276 pounds with 35 and one three uh, one third inch arms. 86 inch wingspan and 10 and one eighth inch hands didn't test for us. So that's unfortunate there. But when you look at Deo, he is a 
very quick, uh, powerful, you know, disruptive player, right? He's even when he's not necessarily, you know, getting credited for a play made behind the line of scrimmage, i.e., a tackle for loss or a sack, he is relentless in his pursuit of the quarterback. Like there's a, you know, I mean, he is going to, if the quarterback gets outside the pocket, this dude is going to be on his horse after them. If there's a screen play behind the line of scrimmage and it kind of, t- he's going to stop reverse course and get and work his way towards that ball carrier. And if that ball carrier slows down at any point in his run, this guy will catch him and we'll put a hurting on him. Like he is just that kind of guy, right? I don't like how he occasionally gets stuck on blocks and he, his get off is inconsistent um, he needs some. He needs to develop some counter moves and things like that. But as a pass rusher, I think he has a lot of potential. He he certainly can win from a variety of ways. Meaning he's not one of those guys that you see where it's like, oh, I have to win, you know, using speed, or I have to win uh, with the inside move. You know, he he's willing to mix up his rushes a little bit. Again, he needs to develop some more moves. He's a little bit raw, probably not ready to be a instant starter for a team. But I think that he can play in a rotational role early on. And I do believe that he will become an NFL starter. So that's kind of he, he's a little different. Like where I made the differentiation between him and Owe in terms of who was going to be above who, because I think about the same in them in terms of like where I would draft them late second, early third round, late second, really. Um, and for him, I just think that while his ceiling isn't isn't you know going to be as high as Jason Owe's, I think his floor is much higher. It's just a much safer bet, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I like him and uh, Deo. He's my number nine edge rusher. Move on to number eight, Ronnie Perkins, the Oklahoma edge rusher. So, I like Ronnie Perkins, man. He is a fun watch. So, in his college career, which was 32 games, the 2018, 2019, 2020 seasons, uh, 32 games, as I mentioned, 32 tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks. So, when you look at that number, right, those numbers – 48 and a half plays made behind the line of scrimmage in 32 games. That's on par with what you want to see from a college edge rusher. One pass defense, one forced fumble. Unfortunately, not a ton of that stuff, but it's because he's not very long, right? I mean, that's the, it looks that way on tape, and it appears that way when you look at what he measured in at on his pro day. 6'2 and a half, 253 pounds, 32 and 7 eighth inch arms. So the 30, basically, I'm going to give him credit for 33 inch arms just for the sake of it for this uh, time. But yeah, man, he he's not a guy that's going to be able to do certain things for you, right? He's going to have a hard time, as, especially early on, I think, with NFL offensive tackles, right? I mean, they're going to be all 34, 35-inch arm guys, and they're also, and this matters, right? Like, if you are if you ever watch um, fighting, if you watch, like, you know, they're saying the guys, they have the same reach or whatever, but if this guy's five or six, seven inches taller, that matters. And I think that's the kind of the thing that he's going to be faced with at the next level because offensive tackles are going to be six four, six five, six six, you know, and, and maybe even six seven. some of them. So the guys he's going to go against are just going to be a lot longer than he is, and that's going to be difficult for him at times. His uh, pro day testing numbers came in as follows, 47140, 4'6'9 short shuttle, which is definitely – um, represented what I saw on tape as well. Like he is very quick, okay, but he's not a guy that you're going to see a ton of agility from, right? He is when he makes plays on the, on, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. It's because of his first step quickness, and it's because of a quick inside move. He has the ability to cross face of of anybody at the college level, especially, and uh, things like that. But his 
bench press reps are 25 reps, 32 inch vertical, 9-7 bras, so an explosion number of right around 68. That's a pretty damn good number. Um, look, Ronnie Perkins, I think, has the floor of a guy that's going to be a really good situational pass rusher. He's going to come in in certain situations, and, and he's going to be, you know, again, he's, he's going to have that kind of a floor. I think when you look at what uh, what he is from from a you know ceiling standpoint, I think he's a pretty high ceiling guy, like a guy that's going to come in and and be able to give you ten plus sacks every season. You know, it's just it's tough when you look at like he could a comp for him could be Justin Houston, right? I could see that, but the thing about it is he's going to have to improve in some ways because he's a little bit high at times. He doesn't have quite the bend of a guy like Justin Houston, and he is strong, okay? He's not, he's, you know, by college standards, maybe that is, or who knows. I don't, I think he still has to get stronger is what I'm getting at. But, you know, there's a lot to like about him. He has a bull rush. He has power in his hands, great effort in pursuit, and really good. He'll get the cleanup sacks, right? If you, if it's there to be had late in the rep, he'll, he'll be there. He can rush with a plan. I've seen him do that in several occasions. He's, uh, he has a nice push-pull move. He has a variety of ways to win, right? And I really, really like his game in stunts and things like if you get him into a system like that where he's asked to kind of run stunts and games and things like that i think he could be a very effective player for you but um he can disengage he knows how to use his hands he has an explosive first step and that first step is is quite honestly the the reason for his production in college i mean really and truly his first step was the big um you know a big thing in terms of him being able to be productive at the college level because it was just too much for guys at times. You know, you'd see him be able to, uh, you know, diagnose what's happening and then boom, make that one cut. But when he when he was asked to kind of, you know, win from a more traditional standpoint, he could, he struggled at times because, as we see from his, you know, even from his athletic testing here, the the change of direction, the ability to, you know, bend and turn and things like that aren't necessarily great, you know, by NFL standards, but. I like Ronnie Perkins a lot. He is my edge eight. I would take him. At, I would take him in the second round for sure. Joe Tryon, Washington edge rusher, is my number seven guy. If you look at his, he opted out unfortunately in 2020. But if you look at him in 2019, he had 12 and a half tackles for loss and eight sacks. Um, measured in at his pro day at 6'5", 259 pounds, 34 inch arms, 82.7 inch wingspan. So. All check marks, emphatic check marks, as a matter of fact, for Joe Tryon from that standpoint. When and he's also got the production to go along with it, so those things look good. Let's take a look at his athletic testing 22 reps on the bench, 35 inch vertical, 9.08 broad jump, which is a explosion number of I gotta do quick math here 57 plus 9, 66, right around 66, a tad over 66. So that's a pretty damn good explosion number there. 469 40-yard dash, 436 short shuttle, which is right where you want it to be. I think the best kind of like um, what you'd like to see it is for it to be somewhere from a, you know, 0.3 to 0.5 under the 40 times. So his short shuttle qualifies for you there. And then a 7183 cone. So, yeah, all that stuff's good on Joe Tryon. I think the main thing and really in, like the, the best way to kind of summarize Joe Tryon's game, he's got everything you want. He just needs to get stronger. If he can get stronger, you know, 
and I expect him to at the NFL level with NFL weight room and things like that and just the ability to get older and, and put on that kind of grown man strength, as they say. I think Joe Tryon is going to be a really good player at the next level. I really do. I would take him middle of the second round happily and feel like I'm getting a pretty good value there. I think Joe Tryon is going to be a good pro. I think he's a, he's a high floor, you know, um, pretty high ceiling guy too. So I think really one of the safer picks, I'd say. There's really nothing I'm concerned about from that standpoint other than, of course, him getting stronger, like I said. All right, edge six for me is a dude from Pittsburgh, and his name is Rashad Weaver. This guy in the 20, 2019 and 2020 seasons combined, and that's 23 total games, check out these numbers. 28 tackles for loss, 14 sacks, six passes defended, and five forced fumbles. The dude is, I wrote this down, I remember when I was watching him, opportunistic playmaker, right? Like he is, if he sees the ball there, he'll just grab it. Like I've seen him do that. I've seen him, you know, knock it down at the line. He does, if you make a mistake or you do something stupid, he's going to take advantage of it. Um, at his pro day, he measured in at 6'4", 259 pounds, 33, 4'8"-inch arms, 82-inch wingspan. So a bunch of check boxes there in terms of his athletic testing. 20 reps on the bench, 32-inch vertical, and a 9.06 broad jump. So that's an explosion number of 61, a little over 61, um, which isn't isn't bad. It's like I know we want to be at 70, but 70 in all reality, guys, is is pretty high level. Um, I think there's a guy, I think Jason Owe is at like an 80 explosion number, but he's, again, not human when it comes to just pure athleticism. But Rashad Weaver being at 61 does not concern me at all. It's actually a pretty solid number. Um, it's, again, not blowing you away, but it's it's good. It's average. 488 40-yard dash, but here's what I really like. 426 short shuttle. Remember, we want to be about a half, you know, 0.3 to 0.5 under when we do when we compare the 40 to the short shuttle and he is more than that under so that's good and oh by the way a 6973 cone at 260 pounds so that's pretty damn good Rashad Weaver to me guys is a very powerful guy right but he's not what you get most of the time when you see these college kids that are powerful defensive ends and they're you know truly actually defensive ends not just edge speed rusher guys they can't win over the outside shoulder this guy can do that Right. I've seen him on multiple occasions. Dude. I think he had a, um, a couple plays maybe close together in the Clemson game off memory where he where he abused the left tackle or the I can't I think it was the right tackle on back to back plays. And he did it over their outside shoulder both times. Right. He can win from a variety of ways. He has a nice bull rush. He is um, he uses his hands really well. His pad level is consistently low. Right? It's it's he's always out leveraging college offensive tackles, and I think that's going to be a good thing for him in the pro game. It'll be it'll be a reason why he has a chance to produce earlier than some. And um, yeah, man, I think that this guy Rashad Weaver again, every box is checked in my opinion, at least, I think that he's going to be able to play the run, set an edge in the run game. He's going to be able to disrupt things, make plays behind the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to be a good player in a rotational role early on. And I expect a pretty pretty heavy – I don't think he's going to be one of those rookies that you, you see go in there and, and basically not really get on the field. I think he's going to play at least 30 snaps, 20 snaps a game right in week one. I would expect that from him. And I would expect him to become a starter – over the course of his rookie season and definitely in years two, three, and four and beyond to be a legit starter. I mean, you know, maybe never a 10 sack a year guy, but um, I think he's going to be 
a really quality player and a well-rounded one, not just one of those guys that's, okay, we'll throw him in there in situational pass rushing. No, I think you're going to be able to play this guy in every down type of role. So I like Rashad Weaver a lot from Pitt there. My edge five is a dude from Texas, Joseph Asai. In 2019-2020 season combined, that's 22 games, he had 29 tackles for a loss, 10 and a half sacks. Sorry, I couldn't read if that was a 27 or 29 on my writing here. But uh, yeah, so that's, what is that? 39 and a half tack, uh, plays made behind the line of scrimmage in 22 games. That's pretty damn good. He, oh, by the way, had three passes defense, four forced fumbles, and two picks in those games as well. So he, at his pro day, weighed in and measured in at 6'3", 256 with 33, 7'8"-inch arms, 80.5-inch wingspan. So boxes checked all over the board right there. And then in terms of his athletic testing, this dude is a freak. Uh, 19 reps on, on the bench, 41 and a half inch vertical, 10.11 broad, 10 foot, 11 inch broad. So when you look at that, his explosion numbers right around 71. Um, very, very good. Again, four, six, five, 40 yard dash to boot. So yeah, Joseph Asai is a dude that I think is going to really thrive in a system that allows him to play similarly to what we saw in college, standing up, right? Like I've seen him even line up in the A-gaps pre-snap and, and blitz from there. Kind of more of an exotic type of scheme would be perfect for him. But, um, you know, he is, I think, a really safe player. Like, I, again, one of those guys that you see talked about as a day two guy, like undeniably, right? Like, oh, yeah, he's day two guy. But when you really think about it, I mean, what what are we missing here? What boxes isn't he checking? Because, I mean, look, height, weight, speed, all that stuff is there, right? Explosiveness is there, as we've indicated. Production is there. You know, is is he a guy that's going to come in and be NFL strong right away? Probably not, right? He's, he's going to probably be more of a situational pass rusher early on. But I think that, again, you know, he's someone that will be – on the field as a rookie, right? I mean, it depends on, you know, kind of your style of defense. If you consider that a quote unquote starter or a, you know, an early contributor only, but either way, he's going to be on the field. He's going to um, be a force early on as a professional. And I think that Joseph Asai has an obvious, very high ceiling. So he's my edge five. I would take him happily in the early second round. Um, I would probably even consider him in the late first, not to say he's a first round grade for me, but a guy that I would can still consider taking in the first round because in every draft, there's only about 15 to 18 true first rounders. So Joseph Asai is right on that fringe for me. Edge four for me is a uh, edge rusher from Houston, Peyton Turner. So I really like this guy a lot, guys. He is a stud. So in the 2020 season, he only played five games. I think he got injured or something, but he only played five games. He had, in those five games, five sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. So, you know, when you talk about how many plays made behind the line of scrimmage per game, well, that's three a game, right, if you just want to take those. He also, over his college careers, had nine passes defended, right? So he's long, and he knows how to – you know, make that an issue for the offense. He's uh, at his pro day measured in, and he tested, by the way, so that's good news, measured in at 6'5", 268 pounds, 35 and 3 8 inch arms, 23 reps on the bench, 35 and a half inch vertical. Okay, so when we look at the explosion number, what does that give us? That's a, I don't think we're going to have a full explosion. Um, 23 reps in a 35 inch vertical is 55, 50, I mean, sorry, yeah, 58 and then, again, I don't think we have the 
bench rep. I mean the um, vertical, so we can't do the full one, but or the broad jump. But anyways, he's an explosive guy. Six seven three cone at two hundred sixty eight pounds. Six seven zero three cone and a four two five short shuttle. Yeah, um, every box is checked from this guy. It's emphatic. The only concern I have on Peyton Turner, and I mean this genuinely, the only true concern I have is that I'm too low. I might. I, I really feel like edge four is borderline too low. I would take him in the late one for sure. Um, I would be. I would feel like we really got a steal if we were able to get him in the early second. I think that when you look at him, he has the ability to set the edge in the run game. He has the ability to, to win over the outside shoulder. He is um, powerful. He he's. He, I think he. The best part about him too is he's still learning. Right. He is. He was a basketball player in high school, didn't, you know, came into college at Houston, very undersized, had to bulk up, put on a bunch of weight, obviously has done that in a healthy manner because he's coming out there testing and moving the way he does in the football field, has a relentless motor, he's excellent in pursuit. I think that Peyton Turner is a guy that could be a real double-digit sack guy on a yearly basis for you very quickly in his, in his NFL career, and I think his floor his floor, in my opinion, is a guy that's going to come in there and be a five to seven sack, maybe not five to seven, let's say like four to six sack a year guy and a guy that can play on all three downs as a rookie. I think that if you draft Peyton Turner and you just put him in there and ask him to play right right away, um, I don't think you're going to have to do it in a situation at all. I think you can come out there and start immediately as a rookie and, again, ceiling very, very high, double-digit sack per year dude. All right, number three for me is a dude from Michigan named Quiddy Pay. I think everybody likes Quiddy Pay. Um, when you look at Quiddy, he is a dude that over the 2019 and 2020 seasons has played 16 games, and those games has 16 and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. So what's that? 25 plays made behind the line of scrimmage in 16 games, about one and a half a game. So that's definitely solid. At his pro day, he came in at six two and change. 261 pounds, 33-inch arms. I very, very, very strongly considered Peyton Turner over Pay. The kind of final reason why I have Pay ever so slightly above Peyton Turner is because I think his floor is even safer. It's maybe not higher than what I just described from Peyton Turner, but I think that it's you're going to definitely get his floor, right? Like it's like a I guess you'd have to call it a little bit higher of a floor, but I, I guess that was that's my thing. And when you look at ceiling, you know, I think his ceiling is very close to higher as well. Let's look at his athletic testing real quick. 36 reps on the bench. Oh my God. Um, 35.3 inch vertical and a 9-1 broad. So that's an explosion number. And this is going to be, I believe, the highest one of, of all these guys. An 80.3 explosion number. Outrageous. Okay. Um, I would have liked to see. Quiddy Pay finish more often. I think that he has a little bit of an issue with that at times in terms of getting sacks, turning these quote-unquote pressures into sacks. Um, but again, very high floor guy, is plenty strong enough against the run. The lack of length is a, a little bit concerning for me. But again, what do I always say when you look at um, you know a quote-unquote deficiency or a weakness in a prospect's game, you have to have what are called compensating factors for those, right? So when you say, well, yeah, his length is worrisome, but it's like he's one of the most explosive players in this draft period, right? Offense, defense, whatever. He is just athletic from an athletic standpoint, one of the most explosive dudes, you know, in this class. So I think that's a compensating factor for it. I think he's a very polished player from the standpoint of like 
he knows what he's doing out there, right? I think he's going to come into the NFL and be a lot more technically sound than a guy like Peyton Turner. So that's why I have him just ever so slightly above Peyton Turner. But it wouldn't shock me one bit if Peyton Turner, when we look at this in seven, eight years, we say, oh, yeah, Peyton Turner is clearly better than Quiddy Pay. It wouldn't shock me. But I have Quiddy there just because I think the ceiling is almost as high or at least right around the same range. And I think the floor is slightly higher. I'm just going with Quiddy Pay because he's a more polished prospect. But um, anyways. Edge two for me is Aziz Ojulari from Georgia. 2020 stats on Aziz. In 10 games, he had 12 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. That is 22 plays behind the line of scrimmage in 10 games, well over two a game, almost two and a half a game on average there. Four forced fumbles and two passes defense. So that's pretty damn good, right? It's like, again, not bad, Aziz. He, at his pro day, came in at 6'2, 249. So people are th- probably thinking, hey, he's not that long. Oh, yeah? 34 and 3 8 inch arms, 10 and a half inch hands, 82 and a half inch wingspan. Okay, so get out of here with all that. He's not that long. Um, stuff. He's actually a much safer bet in terms of length than Quiddy Pay. 462 40 yard dash, 434 short shuttle. Remember, we want to be 0.3 to 0.5 under. He is a 7273 cone, a 30 inch vertical, 10 1 broad, and 26 reps. That's an explosion number of right around 66, so it's very, very good. And he's the guy in this draft class that when you when you talk about, like, who's the Brian, who's the potential Brian Burns, right, who can win over the outside shoulder with that dominant speed rush, that's Quiddy – I mean, I'm sorry, that's Aziz Ojulari. You know, he can do that. He has some reps on his film that just, like, get you ex- – where you stand up and just go, whoa, this dude is exciting to watch. You know, he, um, he really does. He has the explosiveness, the short area quickness, the bend – all that kind of stuff to get you really, really excited from that standpoint. So when you look at Aziz, you just look at every single box and you just say it's an emphatic check, right? Production, check. Length, check. Athleticism, explosiveness, check, check. Like he's, you know, the bend, the ability to bend the edge he has, I think is the best in this draft, period, right? He can he can bend and, and get around the edge better than any edge rusher in this class. I think that he is an absolute surefire first-round talent. All right, now for my number one edge rusher in this class is a guy named Jalen Phillips from Miami. So sorry I couldn't be more, you know, different or whatever you might you might say, like more hot takey on this. But Jalen Phillips to me is just the best guy in the class, right? He's in the 2020 season in 10 games. This guy had 15 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, um, three passive defense, and an interception. So if you look at that, right, that's almost two and a half plays made behind the line of scrimmage per game. Um, for Jalen Phillips and his ability to finish and get the, the actual sack, not just the quote-unquote pressure, I think is impressive from that standpoint. He is, uh, at his pro day, came in at 6'5", 260. So that's obviously ideal size. 33 and a third inch arms, so slightly shorter arms than you would hope for, right? And then an 80.7 inch wingspan. Um, his 40-yard dash came in at 4'5", his short shuttle came in at 412. So he's right in that range that we want to be at in terms of short shuttle and 40 yard dash. Um, 36 inch vertical jump, 10.05 broad, 21 reps on the bench. That's a 67 explosion number. So Jalen Phillips is, again, one of those guys that checks every single box and does so emphatically, right? He is very powerful, very strong against the run. He is an every down you know, defensive end. He's not just a speed rusher, you know, that kind of guy. He's a dude that plays with his length 
He's able to disrupt. He's able to set the edge in the run game and still bend the edge as a pass rusher. You know, he is a very, to me, now, I'm not considering the medical stuff in my evaluation because I'm just watching the tape. I'm not a doctor, number one. Number two, I'm not privy to all that private information, nor should I be, right, in terms of his medicals and how they're checking out. So if if I'm drafting and I know that he's okay, if my doctors tell me he's okay, I would take this guy as early as pick 10. I really would, maybe even pick eight. Like I, I, I'm that high on him in terms of just talent-wise. I think he is far and away better than Gregory Rousseau. And I just think that he's a dude that, um, you know, in terms of very, 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 very high floor and very, very high ceiling, I think he's got a little bit of everything. I think I wrote down when watching him that he reminds me a bit of Jadeveon Clowney, right? So hopefully the medical stuff isn't the same as Jadeveon Clowney in terms of like the, you know, constantly off the field kind of stuff like that. But from a, as a player, he reminds me in some ways of Jadeveon Clowney. Now, Clowney was a guy that could do a little bit more in terms of, or, or was asked to do a little bit more from like the, you know, line up in the A gaps and doing all that kind of weird stuff. I don't think that's really Jalen Phillips game. I think he's a guy that can come in there. Maybe Julius Peppers is another good comparison for him. He's a guy that can come in there and just be a true defensive end for you and dominate at the line of scrimmage and also finish pressures with sacks. So I like Jalen Phillips a whole lot. So I want to talk about a couple guys that are not on this list here. Number one is uh, Gregory Rousseau, right? Jalen Phillips, teammate at Miami. Um, obviously, a lot of people are high on him. I think Gil Brandt told him to go to the draft because that means he's probably going to be a first-round pick or he's at least in the conversation for it. That's how those, you know, Gil Brandt's not going to tell somebody to go to the draft if they aren't in consideration at least for a first-round pick. But my issue with him is this, and this was my issue going into the tape, and it only was confirmed at the athletic testing, right? It was this. He doesn't. Okay, he played the 2019 season. Because remember, he opted out in 2020. And he was he was very light. I think he was like 6'7", 240 or somewhere in that range. So when you saw that and you saw that he wasn't at 240 pounds, he wasn't the most dynamic athlete, right? He didn't have a t – he wasn't able to win. I don't think you can show me one sack on his tape where he wins over the outside shoulder and bends the edge and finishes. I don't think you can show me that. I think that – where a lot of his damage came from was beating up on guards and college guards. And he can do that because they're college guards, right? Meaning they are much smaller than what he'll, he's not going to be at 240 pounds. He'll have no chance to do that against NFL guards. Okay. So when you think about it, he came into his pro day and he was like, <clears throat> I think he was like 260, 270, right? So that was great. But then here was the issue. He tested like shit. It was awful. Right, the way he, he tested from an athletic standpoint. So what does that tell you? That tells me he did that because he wanted to answer the question of like, oh, look, I'm big, you know, and then he didn't test well at all because I think that he would he risked the idea that like, oh, you know, if I if I weigh in at 260, 270 and I don't test, then these teams are gonna think that I just put on a bunch of bad weight, you know, in order to kind of fleece them, as the kids say. For, for the uh, the weigh-ins. So he went ahead and tested, hoping that he could do better than he did, and he did not very well at all, right? I mean, he did bad. It was poor. So when you look at that and you think about the fact that he had the entire year to simply train, because he didn't play football, to train these specific athletic tests and to give you better numbers at that size, and he just wasn't able to do that, right? So that's super concerning to me because – you know, you're not going to be able to just have 
a, you're not going to be a one trick pony and succeed at the NFL level. You're just not right. If you, if your idea is like, Hey, just let me line up over the guards and I'll dominate them with my quickness. And you're not going to do that at the NFL level. Cause you can't play at 240 pounds. And, from what we've seen on the athletic testing, and this is why it would have been so good for him to play in 2020, because if he would have been able to play at that weight and said, hey, look, I test like shit, but look how I dominated these guys at 260, 270 pounds. That would have been awesome for him, and he would have been in a good situation with Jalen Phillips on the other end. So unfortunately, that didn't happen, and I'm not saying I don't like Rousseau to the point where I wouldn't draft him. I just wouldn't take him in the first two rounds. I'm, third round comes, I'll take a chance on him, absolutely. But I, um, I definitely would not do so in the in the first two rounds. Another guy that I'm very high on and I like a lot, and I just I wanted to get him into this top ten, but I just couldn't find the way. And I think a lot of people are calling this guy a, um, a uh, what do you call it, an off ball linebacker. But to me, he's not an off ball linebacker. He's an edge rusher. Right, it's a dude. Where is he? You can find my notes on him. It's it's a guy named Charles Snowden from um, Virginia, I believe it is. So I can't find my notes on him, but um, I'm also going to talk about Carl Bash, Carlos Basham after this. But look, Charles Snowden to me, six seven, you know, two hundred and fifty pound dude. He he is, I think going to be an edge rusher at the next level. Like I said, I think he's got adequate athleticism. I don't think he's a super dynamic, explosive guy, but I think that he's got adequate athleticism and, and burst in terms off the edge. I think that he's a dude that offers versatility from the standpoint, if you want to ask him to drop in coverage a little bit right in the underneath stuff, he can do that. I think he would be a perfect fit in a defense like the Patriots defense or the Dolphins, whatever kind of same similar scheme there. But like for me, if you wanted to just have him rush and then occasionally drop uh, underneath or whatever, like um, Kyle Van Noy, those types of guys, I would love that fit there. And I think he's that he makes a lot of sense to be drafted by those teams because typically New England doesn't spend super high draft capital or money on their edge rushers or their blitz, you know, rush backer kind of types like he is would be. And I think that he's a guy that'll be available on day two you know, day three, maybe even early day three, because I think he's coming off an injury. But in my opinion, he's a guy that I would happily take in the early third round. And I, I mean, depending on the situation, I might even take him in the second round. I like Charles Snowden a whole lot. Um, and the reason for, I know a lot of people like Carlos Basham. The reason he's not on here, I'll just tell you what I think about him. I have a third round grade on him. He is, um, you know, about 200. He was like, what, 6'3", 280. And come in with 32 and a half inch arms. So that's one of the things I looked at on tape and I, I was worried about his length on tape. And then sure enough, it was confirmed with um, his measurements. So I've seen him line up inside over as a three technique. And I like when he does that, he can move a little bit. He's, he's a little bit explosive. Um, he has burst to finish. He has some quick twitch. I, I saw him kill the Clemson right guard with an inside move. And, um, you know, when I first watched him, I liked him, right? Then I went back and watched him again, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. And then I watched, and then I found out his his uh, measurements, and I, you know, kind of didn't like him at all. So he is a guy that I think is, he is, um, his lack of length shows up at times. He has the ability, he has some counters, and he's quick to diagnose play action. I love the play where he sacked Trevor Lawrence on that one uh, play action bootleg when Trevor was just rolling outside the pocket and, and didn't get rid of the ball for whatever reason. But I don't think, and here's my, I guess, main 
issue with him. I don't think he'll be able to beat NFL offensive tackles with speed. Okay, I don't. He's not explosive enough, and he and he lacks the length. So I think for him, basically this, you know, I wouldn't say the ceiling because I don't want to shortchange him. But what I expect from him is to be a guy that's gonna, you know, play defensive end in running situations, in in terms of like a a guy that can set the edge and play play the run well. But then a guy that his best bet to beat, you know, to be an effective pass rusher would be to kick him inside the three technique and let him rush rush the passer from the inside like that. Because I do believe that, you know, at, at 280 pounds and his quick with his quickness, he could be a real issue for NFL guards in those types of situations. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't hate him or anything. I just think that he's a third rounder to me, but um, yeah. So anyways, guys, that's my edge rusher rankings. Those are final. Take them as you take them or leave them, but they are final. They're not going anywhere. They're not changing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the end of this podcast. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.